was Dance Like There's No Tomorrow, the demo featuring vocals by today's guest Lil Eddie. And the song was officially released by Paula Abdul. More on that in a moment. Welcome back to the Original Doll Podcast. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. On the Original Doll, I unpackage pop music by the people who created it. We go behind the scenes and share stories of all these fantastic creative people and how they brought to life songs that you love, from the global number one hits to the demos to the songs that were left on the floor. And don't forget, follow me on Instagram, thud.original.tell. Big shout out to all my Patreon patrons. We're going to head right into this episode. Jump right in. Once again, this is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is The Original Doll. The Original Doll. How's it going? Hey, what's up, buddy? Sorry, it's been a little hectic. I did. Well, basically, every song I wrote there got placed. God, that's amazing. All six songs, yeah. And it was it was really a magical trip. And I was so sick, and I felt like, man, I hope I don't let these people down. But because, because um, as well, I'm a type 1 diabetic, so I was, like, really mm. feeling horrible but i had to just like push through it and that that also is you know encouragement for any anyone that's young that that you know sometimes we have to find our own strength and we have to push through and we just gotta when that opportunity comes it may never come again you know so we have to make it work we have to do our best to not let opportunities take opportunities for granted you know because they turn into this yeah yeah see this is this is the part that's amazing because it's like and you know what's not even ev- crazier? When I remember it, sorry to cut you off. When that Kylie song came out, I also had Paula Abdu's comeback dance like his no tomorrow, and she performed it on the Super Bowl. So I had both of those singles out at the same time. So I got more questions on that song. So let's go right to that because the amount of questions that I have, because these these people are hardcore fans and followers of yours. So dance like there's no tomorrow. Somebody had said, was this originally for Janet Jackson? Because I feel like that was a very Janet Jackson vibe. And we all know Janet Jackson could knock that it out was. of the park. It was? it was. It was. But you know who cut the song first? The Pussycat Dolls. Stop. Was that for the yeah. second? Uh, was that for Doll Domination? I forgot what album it was. I think it could have been for the same album. Um, that, I Hate um, This Part was on? Part was on. Could have been that same album. Because as well, that was Jonas Shaberg. 
So let's talk about dance like there's no tomorrow. Um, so the original intent and the listeners here, it's been great to hear like these songs were maybe pitched for one person and then sent to another. And this early on, so behind me, this is the Britney singles and albums in chronological order. Every time I go to a different country, I buy the albums or singles there. And these are all the vinyls up until her most recent vinyl, like a couple months back. Um, a huge, huge music fan. Hopping out quickly, because I wanted to let you know, uh, talking about the music collection, uh, we at the Original Doll Podcast are going to be starting a private group uh, for those with people who are collectors of physical items and rare items of Britney Spears, talking about them, uh, the stories behind them, and more. So be sure to follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll, uh, or go old school, www.theoriginaldoll.com for more information. Let's talk about Dance Like There's No Tomorrow. Okay. What? Who were you initially working on or projects or working with during that time? Wow, that time I was working on so many different things. I mean, the Kylie stuff. Um, whoa, I I was working on a lot, and I was just I was just also just in that zone of cutting songs every day. I were I, I was working with DK a lot at that time, and um, yeah, they played me a track, and I was like, oh, I love this, and I was I've always been like. Janet Michael fanatic crazy Britney crazy and um so when they played me the track and I, that was just the first thing that I thought of and my friend Shay came over and me and Shay just kind of vibed to it he was like yeah let's run with that you know and then my dear friend Aritza Lyles who's another great songwriter who I did she wrote for Michael Jackson and Whitney I don't know if you know that she wrote like Heaven Can Wait for Michael Jackson she wrote um, Love That Man for Whitney. She wrote so many songs, but one of my dearest friends, sisters in this world and in the industry, she she seen me as a young kid and would take me around to do demos with her. Um, <clears throat> but she came and she wrote On the Bridge with us. And then that song was so magical. We felt it that the Pussycats did it. And then the Pussycat Dolls and then, um, I got a call like Paul Abdu's doing this. Is, she's doing a comeback from 12. This is her 12 year after her 12 year kind of like absence. This is the song she wants to come back with. And I was thinking, really? Like Paul Abdu, this is incredible. Like Paula taught Janet. Like I, I was like, this is, this makes sense. Like, so I was like, like, let's go, let's go for it. And then I got a random sync and call like a few days before the Super Bowl, And they were like, She's performing on the Super Bowl. This is how she's going to premiere it. And it's going to be on Randy Jackson's album. And I was like, but I have the Kylie Minogue single coming out too at the same time. So it was just like, that was just one of those perfect moments in my life where it was like, you wrote these pop songs. And I was just like, yeah, this is like, yeah, I don't know. This is what I was feeling at the time. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was one of those things. And, you know, I got, I, I was influenced to, not wait you can even find my demos online where i'm sound i'm singing purposely like janet in that kind of voice because i i didn't ever want to wait for like a demo singer to come do a female song i was like you know what i don't care if it's a female song i'm gonna sing it i'm gonna do whatever it takes to sell these songs by the way that is something that i think 
a lot of the listeners were like, wait, why does that demo singer sound like, let's say Britney Spears are like, wow, she's not, why would they make her sound like Britney Spears? And all the other songwriters are like, if you're pitching a song for Britney Spears, get somebody who sounds like Britney Spears. If you're going to pitch a song to, you know, Jesse J, get somebody who sounds like Jesse J. So Pussycat Dolls, Janet, Paula Abdul, like basically all three could have been on that song. Yeah. There's probably versions of them. Like, like you find my version, you know, you can find my version of a lot of songs online because back in that time, like it was like the beginning of YouTube where all these German hackers would hack my emails and all my music would leak. But that's what gave me a fan base. And I toured overseas and when I thought my career was done and that's what really allowed me to, you know, really win as a, as a, as a writer and an artist. So it was a double-edged sword, but it kind of like, it worked in my favor. See, I love that. All right, next song is, can you please ask him, him, about Bin Lying, uh, Rita Ora. I really like that song. I think it's one of the most standout tracks she's ever done. Wow, it means a lot. That song, so I was in the studio with Rita Ora. I had a few days with her. And um, the label came in and they were playing me, um, what was that first single? Something Party Something. They were kind of like up-tempos. And they were like, it's like an up-tempo but they were like we need uh, we need an up-tempo we need a smash and i and i was with her and i was like this yeah how we do how how we do party exactly and i was like Uh, and i talked to her and i was like because i knew rita's story she was kind of sitting on the label for a while and then she got that dj release in in the uk and it really kind of ignited a fire for the label and they were like well let's push her in america but so they I was I was in with Rita and and um we were we were having a good time talking about mob wives and all reality junkie TV we because we we loved it and then so the, the label was pressuring me to write an up tempo for her and I said I was like Rita like what do you what do you really feel let's do a song that you're gonna remember that's gonna mean something to you so and she was like you know what I just I've been lying I've been lying about how I feel and I was like that's the name of the song, Been Lying. And then we wrote, you know, I tattoo my skin to, 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 show, to show my pain. I wear my shades to hide my tears. I've been lying to you. I've been lying. Like, and that's just how the song came about. That's amazing. See, that's one of those things that's like, that's so bad to hear. It's like, you took that moment to like say, no, what is it? The label can say this, 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 this. Like, what is it? And had you not asked that question, this song would definitely not have been born. You know what I mean? And I knew that it was like going against everything the lady who asked me to do. But the song, after she cut the song, Big John heard it. And Big John went so crazy over it. He came to the studio that night and he was like, mm-hmm. we're going to put a bridge on this song. We're going to, this is this. That was the last song she recorded for the album and it made it. And I only did one song with her, you know, so. And it made the album, just like Jesse J. I only did one song with Jesse J and it made her album. And that day that me, Casey and Oak worked with her, she played Party in the USA. And she wrote that with Claude. It was her song. And I was like, there's nothing in this room we're gonna do today that's gonna beat this song. Mm -hmm. Cause I was trying to convince her to make the label take it back. And her render was from A&R, which is my guy. And I was like, bro, like this, I was like, Jesse, this song is insane. And then a few months later, Miley, it became a big Miley song with a campaign and everything. But hey, she's not hurting about that. Nope. But <laughs> Jesse's version was insane. Because it was talking about a girl from London coming to America. 
And then they turned it into a girl from Nashville coming to LA, you know? See, and that's the part where it's like this, these evolutions of these songs, because there's that point. Um, I think it was Autumn and a few other people they talked about. They're like, well, sometimes if you start working on stuff ahead of time, you might leave a second verse open so that the, the, the artist can hear something and maybe get involved. But this is, it's like, sometimes there's just that tailoring that needs to be done. Cause sometimes people are like, Hey, you know, I think it was like, um, uh, Megan Trainer said in an interview before, she's like, oh, I, you know, I wrote this song and then it went to somebody else. And then it's like, we had to go back in and tailor it to them because they're like, I wouldn't say this. And it's too specific that it's not about me. So that part is fun. Now, here's here's your next song. Here we go. We have, let's see if you can figure out who the artist is. Duff Fan 2001. <laughs> Hillary Duff. So that is, there's a story behind that too. So I originally wrote um, Belong for um, Right Where We Belong. I wrote that for Alex and Sierra. Initially, I wrote it for Alex and Sierra. It was going to be their single, but then they continued to do some more songs. But I still wrote another song on that album that's really great. Give Me Something with Ruth Ann. Me, Ruth Ann, and John Ryan wrote that. That which I love. That's like, I love that song. But that was... So right after Alex and Sierra won the X Factor, we did like a little camp. It was like Ruth Ann, me, Ruth Ann, who did John work, Ryan. bitch, right? Brittany, is that the same Ruth Ann and Niall yes. Horan and she stuff? Did JoJo, um, she did JoJo. Uh, what's the big one? Not Get Out, the second. Too album. little, too late. Too little, too late. Ruth Ann, yeah, and she did work, bitch, for for um. Yeah, for Britney. So Ruth Ann and I, like, we wrote that one, but we did a camp and we did like probably knock out like 20 songs in like seven days on Alex and Sierra. It was crazy. We did, a, and I, and Belong was, uh, I did it for Alex and Sierra. And then Toby Gad called me and he was like, um, Hillary Duff wants to do this song. And I was like, well, we did, I did a lot of songs for Alex and Sierra. Like, let's give it to Hillary Duff. Like, I love Hillary Duff. Like I grew up watching Hillary Duff. Like so, Hillary Duff ended up cutting it, and then they kept a lot of my vocals. And most of the songs as well has my vocals. Like Kylie Minogue kept my vocals. Paul, all of them, all these songs, which was really like, it's really something special for me because I always feel like um, my energy's on it as well. Well, know? and it's creating that that tone because ultimately you can be this narrator. You know what I mean? And then it becomes this accompanying part and that a lot of people have learned on, on the podcast is you know Casey Livingston she said oh her song Unusual You people would be like why do we hear Casey in part of it and she explained she's like sometimes the artist just likes that 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 energy that vibe that tone I bring and they can't mimic it and if you try to layer like let's say Paul Abdul if you try eight different Paul Abdul voices it's just too much and it doesn't work you need a neutral bed for that artist to stand on. So with like, I'll, I'd say almost every single song of yours, it's like, I hear that that voice and that like, all I see, I was like, which I love because it, it's this separate instrument that just helps elevate the song. Um, and that was so Duff Van 2001. Is, I love the fact that right away you knew, you're like Hillary Duff. I love it. I love, by the way, we have like the same musical taste with these. Like the fact that you're like, it's Hillary Duff. It's just like, she, I love who, I mean, I was a kid, like, you got to understand, like, Puerto Rican kid, poor, homeless, and then, like, just songs that I write can change my life, and the world could sing them, and these people that I grew up watching on TV, it was just like, 
really? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, so that's, I mean, and that's why I'm a true, like, testimony. And I tell people, like, bro, like, these dreams come true. Like, mm. they really do. got to, you know, be vulnerable, work hard, show up, you know, all those things are so important. You know? See, I love that. Now we have another one. It is, please, okay. please, please. I know that he worked on many songs with Kiki. Can you please ask him about Dance Alone and his uh -huh. other songs with Kiki Palmer? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Kiki and me. I love Kiki. I love one of my favorite people in the world. Like, she is something else, that girl. Because she can do it all. And, she, and she's really hilarious. Like, there's not a dull moment with Kiki. So, initially, I started working with Kiki Palmer with Oak. And I did, I have a whole bunch of Kiki songs that never came out. And then I got called, she called me to come to the studio again. And I went to the studio and I worked with um, um, Harmony. And, oh, actually, no, no, no. I got called to the studio to work with Harmony. And then he played the song for Kiki and Kiki was like, oh, I want to do the song. So I cut it on Kiki Palmer and then it became Dance Alone. She became what it did, you know, like on its own. I love it. That's great. She, and it, she's just one of those people that I just, I really like her. Um, next question is. She is funny and her mom. Oh, I love her mom. She's, her mom is funny oh too. Oh my God. I love, I love <laughs> That's, she's, she's one of those artists. It's funny because somebody, uh, there was a question, which we'll get to later, where it's like, somebody's like, oh my God, he worked with Kiki and Fifi. Like, please talk about Kiki. And so we'll get to Fifi Dobson. But it was like Kiki and Fifi. I was like, that's a fun name. Fifi, yeah. Um, uh, can you please talk about uh, Fifth Harmony's Don't Want to Dance Alone? I think that the women all have writing credit on it. Did they actually take part in it or was that part of, hey, they get to just be on it? No, um, they, Julius was working really, um, Julian, Julian Bonetta, I'm sorry, Julian Bonetta was working really close with the, um, the girls right after the show. So they were all contributing to a lot of the music at that time. They had that, um, they had that luxury of just being like trying, trying to really inject personal things about them all and making them feel a part of the process was important. Um, and I think that's where, you know, um, Julian got a lot of that great body of work and de development, like it helped develop them um, in the studio and to be great recording artists. And um, they really, they really were involved in, in all, all those songs that you see their names on. See, I love that. Cause the other thing too, is it's, it's gotta be difficult though, when you have in general, five people five artists versus one artist in the studio you know what i mean like that's got to be hard to try Absolutely. to juggle all that because this is not your only group that you've worked with and we're going to get to some more in a second have no fear we have more with lil eddie as our conversation continues and we deep dive into some more britney spears demos and a lot more about his career so have no fear go ahead follow me on instagram thud.original.doll www.theoriginaldoll.com to support us for as little as a dollar a month donating. You are able to help keep this alive and free for all. And don't forget, for every listen we get in the first 24 hours on Apple Podcast, we get items donated to charity. And we've been able to help out many people in need, especially during the pandemic. So for more information, follow us on Instagram, thud.original.doll. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is The Original Doll. I see you on the flip side.